just some guitar nerdity right now. I was listening to the new single and I think I may have detected a very specific guitar and I could be very wrong. And I hope I'm not because if I did, then that's kind of awesome for me. Um, <laughs> and only me to be perfectly honest. Um, so did you guys by any chance use a Rickenbacker? Ding, 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 ding. The 12 string or like a pedal? No, it was actually a Rickenbacker 12 string. Good. Oh, yeah. Dang, nice, Matt. Matt. <laughs> no. Way to go, Fuck Matt. Yeah, <laughs> so. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? We Who needs a mixtape? You who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? So come on, and listen to our mixtape. Come along and laugh with our mixtape. So come on, and listen to our mixtape. Sing along and clap to the beat. Settle in and listen to our mixtape and now the music finishes. Enjoy your pork chop sandwiches. All right. Welcome back to the mixtape. I, of course, am Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece. I'm Twisted Kid Matt. And I'm Stewie D. Hey. Hey. Where'd my penis go? Stewie's back. God damn it. (laughs) Minus a penis. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since we've had Stewie on. I think, uh... Probably Catherine Mary Stewart, maybe? That's yeah, probably the Catherine beginning Mary of the motorcycle true. season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Um, we thought uh, Spank Dog was going to I like eat. how leather daddies have their own season now. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous. Um, no. We, <laughs> we thought Spank Dog might be joining us, but he was out apparently partying the weekend away because it's his... Uh, it's he was his, getting turned. It's, <laughs> it's his. Uh, it's I'm going to use that as often as I can. It's his lovely bride's birthday weekend. So he was going to turn too. Happy birthday, happy y'all! Birthday, Julie. Happy, happy, happy turn day. Yeah. Happy yeah, turn day. I like how I like how the birthday is developed into like weekend, week, month. When is it becoming a year? The my birthday year. year. Just celebrate your birthday every year. Oh, we celebrated. Year. We celebrated your birth year last year, so we're not going to be celebrating it anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but happy birthday! We we hope you guys had fun this weekend. And yeah, hopefully we'll. Yes, hopefully we'll hear from Spank Dog here on the show sometime soon. Uh, but we do have Sp- uh, we do have Spank. We do have Stewie, and uh, you're going to hear him for a couple episodes. This episode <laughs> is our interview with Michael Lockwood from uh, Lions and Ghosts. If you haven't check them out we recommend that you do especially since they just re-released their uh 1987 album which is uh i'm gonna say it wrong velvet don't let me don't let me fuck it up matt um okay you were supposed to tell me the name of the it's velvet kiss lick of the lime lick of the lime thank you um we highly recommend everybody check it out matt's become a, a a recent fan of the album he's yeah he's uh big fan of it now they've also released some new tracks and and whatnot that you're going to hear michael talk about but i'm going to tell you uh we had a lot of fun talking to michael he was a blast 
throughout all the technical difficulties, and we had many. Oh, <coughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we didn't know at the time when we started. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> we we use a piece of software uh, here on the show, and what we didn't when we do um, interviews online. What we didn't know when we started recording is apparently there was a bug in the system that we didn't find out about until oh two thirds of the, the way interview. through the interview after we had to like pick up and drop. Uh, but Michael was great through the whole thing. Uh, he also had some microphone issues on his end, so you won't know any of that listening. But it, it did exist, and he was great through the whole thing. So we really appreciated yeah. having him on the show, and he is uh, one of those people that is just. Endless information of music and yeah. so much fun to talk to and completely hilarious because we br- we bring up some stuff on the show and some of the people he's worked with over the years, um, <clears throat> including like Carly Simon and Fiona Apple and uh, Susanna Hoffs, which we talked to him about. Uh, but we bring up, <laughs> we bring up, we ask him about um, uh, Salt and Pepper. <laughs> and the yeah. his response to you work did you how what was it like working with Salt and Pepper? He's like, did I? I I don't really remember, <laughs> but if it says I did, I probably did. <laughs> okay. Um, what he's he meant? Got a, he's got a Salt and Pepper recording credit. What he meant by that is um, he's worked on a lot of stuff as a guitarist over the years. That sometimes he 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 may not have even got to meet them, but he actually played on some of their stuff. So. It's pretty cool when that stuff happens. So, uh, cool dude. We don't really, we definitely don't get into it on the show. But he was married to Lisa Marie Presley until recently, and we actually he's remarried, and we actually had him at the one week anniversary, his one week anniversary. So that was yeah. pretty cool too. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah so um, we got to we got to see some photos from the wedding, including an amazing top hat selection. That yeah, he's got some incredible photo. top hats, and uh, there was a little bit of nerdery there at the beginning. I think I. What? You probably already heard it. What, with, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? With Matt. I like the word nerdery. Nerdery, nerdery. Yeah. yeah. Full frontal nerdery. Yeah. Matt, well, you definitely do some of that, Matt. So Yeah. I had to include it because yeah. Matt begged me to. He's like, please put that. Now, I want like, hey, to be clear. <laughs> Matt refused to. He said, don't make this. I'm going to ask him a question before we do the interview. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, cut it out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't want to sound this stupid. Then and when no, he found I out mean, he was right, I wasn't wrong. Make sure it's yeah. in there. Make sure he's in like, there. make sure you put that yep. in there. And I have to because later on in the uh, the interview, it gets brought up again by Michael, and like I'm, I had to leave it in there because of that, or I would have just cut all Matt's yeah. glory right. Otherwise, out. there's no context <laughs> whatsoever of how I apparently have an ear for music. So. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. dude. Your head's big enough. We don't need it to inflate yeah. anymore. These headphones don't right. fit very well anymore. Yeah. Ear for music. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. I'd like to point out that was also like, you know, while my ear infection was developing too. By the uh-huh. way, was, Lucky guess yeah, is what yeah. it was. I still was able saying. to nail it. So. Just saying, lucky guess. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, hopefully everybody enjoys this. Um, we enjoyed talking to Michael a lot. Uh, last night we did have the um, screening at Humble Monk with the short film festival. Um, there's some really cool stuff uh, in discussion for the future, and we have some we have a kind of a big event planned. We will follow up more as things unfold, and we set a date. But you guys should really be paying attention because. Uh, 
Yeah, it could be really, really cool. We're talking probably early spring. So you got a little time. And we will, like I said, we'll let you guys out there know as, as it unfolds a little, but we might be having a special screening with some really cool guests here in Cincinnati. Yeah. So And I, I don't even know who they're talking about right now. <laughs> yes, you do. All I know is my Nards can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> oh man. Absolutely. Shut what we're talking up. about. Um, so I was yeah. trying to build mystery, and then Kevin just well snuck well, some in. Kevin talked to snuck his nards in. Yeah, <laughs> I hate when Kevin sneaks his nards in. That's what my last date said. <laughs> Kevin number two shows up. But he was mad. Um. So we're also working on all. I know we say this all the time, but we're actually getting ready to set a date for when we launch the YouTube. So oh yeah. Uh, there might be some sneak peek stuff coming out. Yeah. Around that. So, so yeah. watch for those. Yeah. <laughs> there are a couple. Yeah. Watch this. There's a couple enabled. We'll just. Mr. Lava Lava. <laughs> I know that if I do certain <laughs> things, Matt will run with it. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> I, it, does, it doesn't. There are certain things. If I do it, Matt's going to take off. And I know. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid! It's like this is the dumbest thing we've ever. It's Pavlovian of. over here. I ring the bell. Matt Damn does man. his shaggy. <laughs> Sugar, Sugar. Um, a terrible shaggy impression. <laughs> uh, YouTube, though, we are working on that, and there will be some uh, sneak peek stuff up there. So, if you guys haven't gone over and subscribed, please do. There's links everywhere, all over. Or social media, but the easiest place is just to go to the website, which is themixtapepod.com. Uh, and that's where you'll find all our other stuff, too, because like we tell you all the time, we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on TikTok, and we are on Twitter. You can find us on all of those places, so please do. You can go to our Kickstarter campaign, uh, which is www.helpuskillstew.com. And... Uh, yeah. So far, we've raised fifty thousand dollars. I forgot he was here on the uh, show. We need to get to seventy-five, <laughs> and that's when we can hire the hitman. I mean, if you if you get to seventy-five, just give it to me. No, 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 myself. No, no. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> oh. That makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> you give me the money, you'll do it. And then, okay, go for it. All right. No, no. no yeah, we'll just, give you the money. I'll we'll just, just disappear. Wait outside and go pick it back up. You'll disappear for seventy-five thousand dollars. Fuck yeah. Later. <laughs> like Tupac in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be back when in three weeks when you spent it all. He's like, hey guys, can we do another Kickstarter? Can, we, can you guys kill me again? $75,000. I blew through it in like a week. <laughs> I sold my bike and now I just. Oh, that'll never happen. Dude, there, I watched this video of this guy who fell in love with, makes love to, and married his fucking car. Stu's probably not that far off with his bike. Uh, yeah. I mean, the tailpipe's a little low, so <laughs> I'm not going to get down there that Damn. Just squat down. Get low. All right. Uh, he just, okay, okay, fine. Another $150 added to the Kickstarter so Stu can buy a new bike jack to <laughs> raise it up. All right. Yeah. I don't like where All we're going. Right. Don't yeah. like where we're going. It's a weird territory. What, what's weird Ooh. was the way he said, All right. All right. At the end of that. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, I think we do know, though, what film we're going to do the first YouTube Twisted Kid on. So yes, that's kind of cool. I believe it is going to be Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So Yes, it is. Matt is helming all the YouTube stuff. And uh, I think last we talked, we were going to let him pick anyway. And 
that's what he chose, and I think that's where we're going to, which would be endlessly, I think that would be a fun one to do anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, be paying attention to all the social media, and we will update you on all of that stuff. Plus, Matt really wants people to follow him on Instagram, like, really bad. He feels like he doesn't have any real friends in the world, and please. Yeah, everybody's in another city, apparently. <laughs> although, although I will say this. Uh, I, I met some really cool people the other night at the Cafe O'Slay uh, Snapped event that I went to. It was pretty awesome. Was that when somebody just stands up with the gauntlet and snaps their fingers and half the room disappears? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Did you really need to think about it that hard? <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was some exactly, snapping involved. It's not exactly what happened. Yeah, it's not quite what happened. Snap, snap. No, it was a, a horror-themed pop-up bar uh, that uh, was put on by uh, a group i guess you would call them called cafe oslay they you know set up a, a little little tiki bar kind of thing in a actually kind of a tiki coffee house in kansas city and uh midge munster from ghouls night in was actually there hosting horror trivia which i i took first place in everybody you know, i'm apparently good way too obsessed with horror movies um yeah Got first place in that. Met some some cool people. Uh, started following each other on Instagram and got a couple more followers to the now, show as well. Nice. Love. Well, welcome. We're glad to have you guys here. Hopefully, you're joining us here and listening to this episode. So, yeah. uh, so let's go ahead and kick into the interview with Michael. Let's let people let you know listen to him instead of us because yeah, honestly, he's way more entertaining. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and pay you know. Pay close attention to the next couple of weeks because we got some fun episodes coming out. Uh, we're going to go back to, we've kind of decided, you know, we do mostly music on the show here now, which because it makes sense, you know, but we are going to throw in the occasional episode where we're not talking music. And uh, next week's episode will be one of those. Also, want to let you guys know before we kick into the interview that here in a couple of weeks, we will have some guests on the show. Uh, and we're actually going to be on their show. We've talked about Behind the Funny a lot. Uh, we're actually going to be yeah. guests on Behind the Funny, and then they're going to be guests on our show, and we have a fantastic topic. We're going to be talking mm. about Woodstock 99, because one of the guys was there. So Ace was actually at Woodstock 99, so they're going to come on the show, and we're going to talk all about that. If you haven't checked their show out, please do. Um, they're funny, like, and you can get behind it, because <laughs> you're behind <laughs> the funny. All right. I'm going to stop talking. We're going to go into the interview right now. Drop us a line. Our awesome email is yourmixtapepodcast at gmail.com. You can always leave us a voicemail, too. 513-HE-RAD-77. That's 513-437-2377. Hey, you should be checking out the website. Because it's awesome. www.themixtapepod.com Bios, upcoming interviews, links to shows and past guests, recipes. No, no, seriously. There's, there's like a recipe for pastry crack, which is just awesome stuff. You, you need to go check it out. Plus, you'll find ways to follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our fan page on Facebook. Tapeworms, fans of the Mixtape Podcast. Seriously, 
the website is awesome. And if you go there, you'll be awesome too. www.themixtapepod.com Hello. Well, there yeah, you are. There you are. I'm Jason, yeah. and that's Matt. You're here on the other end there. I guess we should probably introduce I see your waveforms. You guys have nice-looking waveforms. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we, we, we sit real close to the mics so we can get them to be really spiky. So. Oh, God. Yeah. Kind yeah, of tell exactly. you, uh, Michael, We it was kind of cool. Um, not, not even – we ended up getting to talk to you, and we ended up getting to talk to, you know, someone from the smithereens, and it's been great. If we can, we can have the opportunity, we'll take it. We basically like to go back and talk to people that we enjoyed. Like it's, 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 it's a selfish kind of show. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. we talk to oh, the yeah. people we want to talk to. Just having the opportunity to get to sit down with you a little bit and 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 chew your brain a little bit is you know fun for us. Um, but it's also fun for our listeners, so we'll take that too. Um, it's fun for me because I get to chew your brain, so you know it, <laughs> it goes both ways. Might not be a lot left there, but you're welcome to it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same. Still my line. One of the things we like to do, though, is we like to kind of start early days. Uh, we like to know growing up, like when did you know? Like how old were you when it hit you? Like I'm gonna, I want to play music. Oh boy, <laughs> we get that uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it 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 is kind of like a a lightning struck moment, you know. I I, I remember an interview recently for uh, the LA Weekly, and, and they're asking about your favorite record, and I thought that that was really cruel to say. <laughs> Tell us about your favorite record, because yeah. I'm sure you only have one, right? Right, only you know? one. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, what what's your current favorite at the time? Yeah, like, and, you know, like it changes daily sometimes. Yep. Oh, it, it changes every few hours sometimes. It depends because yeah. I'm I'm an avid consumer of music because for me, it's like going to night school every day. I listen to music, I ingest it, and then it, it alters my concepts and ideas about things I may be working on or going to work on. So, so to ask me to to do my favorite record, I just thought that's not really fair. So I somehow decided not to answer their question at all and make up my own question. <laughs> and I thought, well, why do I do what, you know, what I do? And so that, if I can just sort of go back to that thought of the reason I am the way that I am is because I had, uh, you know, on, on my street, there was a lot, a lot of kids growing up. And a lot of the kids that I knew had older brothers or older sisters. And that's like the gateway into music yeah. that you wouldn't normally hear, yeah. right? So I um, remember going to my friend's house right down the street. And we were in his room. And I heard music coming through the wall from his brother's room. And it was the I later found out it was the Beatles' White Album. And it was so – it was kind of mysterious. It was kind of dark. And I can't tell you which song it was. But I was very, very interested in it and so interested in that I just opened his door. And when I opened his door, I saw, you know, every great rock poster from <laughs> 1970, whatever. And uh, the poster for the White Album was on the backside of his door. And I just all of it just like just fried my brain. I didn't know what to do with that. It was probably probably hugely uh, inappropriate, too, for whatever age I was <laughs> then. I remember going home after that it was on my mind and i saw a commercial 
because Channel 7 here in Los Angeles was playing a uh, Beatles movie. They were playing Help. Yeah. This was years after it came out. So I was so excited about it and talked about it. I had no idea what it really was or was going to be about. And I remember I was outside skateboarding and my dad came out and yelled for me for dinner and he'd set up the TV in the dining room so we could watch the movie while we had dinner. That's awesome. And that movie changed my life. It was, I couldn't think about anything else because the cool guitars, right? We were talking about great guitars. Yeah. That movie's full of great guitars. Um, odd, dry humor, which to this day I still <laughs> love. Um, there's a bit of a James Bond thing happening in that movie. So you've got like a 60s spy thing going on. Gorgeous girls. I mean, it was all that it checked all the boxes. So yeah, that movie and that band changed my life. And that was the moment where I actually couldn't think about anything else. And I always fantasized or daydreamed about not necessarily being like the Beatles, but being a musician, making music and <laughs> It really resonated with me. The music's great because that's also a turning point for the Beatles. You know, they're headed right into Rubber Soul yeah. right after that. So their songwriting radically changed, became so much more thoughtful and and uh, stepped away from aping the American music that they've yeah. done for C Records. Yeah. I think it's we could almost do a, a whole segment of you know, people who've come on here and mentioned the, the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, I know Chris Ballou from the Presidents of the United States of America. He the same thing. It was like he was yeah. like for years I consumed Beatles. That's that's all it yeah. was for years. And yeah. then he discovered I, there I was. Probably still, I probably still do. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely still do. It's one of those. But again, I grew up with it. You know, them, them being around me all the time. My mom was. Well, she comes from that era where the Beatles, like you know, she was alive through the Beatle invasion. You know, she was alive through all that, and it was. So oh, I, right. that was instilled on me at, from a young age, just like, you know, so it's just sort of, sort of always been there. Um, I know this is a major tangent. We'll get back on track in a second. But <laughs> if uh, if you've tangent, ever tangent, uh, all the, time. the the film uh, Echo in the Canyon, if you if you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, um, but it's uh, Jacob Dylan and he's just he's performing, you know, songs that other people did. But he's talking about, uh, you know growing up around all these famous artists and everything. And it was weird to me because um, you have, uh, I can't remember, one of the members of the Beach Boys, and he, they, he asked them what their influence was, and they were like, well, Sgt. Pepper's influenced Pet Sounds, like, drastically. And then they go back to um, um, Ringo, and Ringo's like, yeah, we were highly influenced by, by some of the stuff that the Beach Boys did, which pushed us. Yeah, I just, yeah. It's all just like a circle. Which I think is really oh, cool. it, it it is, and I do know the the movie you're talking about. I I know most of the guys that were in the movie. Oh, I'm sure so you do. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, look in L.A. It's yeah, it's tiny, tiny community. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you know, it it's six degrees of separation from anyone, not right. just Kevin Bacon. You know, it's right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're we're coming up to that later on. Don't worry. There's a question for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, and you seem to be of that ilk, too, where it's like, um, and I I know this is going to sound like I'm blowing smoke up your ass. I'm really not. But you seem Hold to on, be. <laughs> like, you seem to be a genuine musician. Like, if you look over your history, like, you just seem to have this desire to play music whenever, wherever, with whomever you get the opportunity to play with. Like, 
Like it seems like if from just reading about you and learning, it's like you seem like the type that if an opportunity comes up, you're like, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to play with that person, or yeah, absolutely, I, I'm going to. I think so. I look, I know how fortunate I've been. I've gotten to play with some really great artists, great lyricists, great songwriters, and um, it it doesn't always happen that way. And I don't, I don't do everything, but I, it seems like that people that are attracted to me are the kind of people that I want to play with. I don't know how to really phrase that any differently than I I'm in sort of a, a circle of players. And when I work with somebody, I find out later that we have a lot of the same records or, you know, we listen to a lot of the same artists. It just always sort of these things we, you just attract to each other. I mean, I was, Super, super fortunate to do the Amy Mann thing, which yeah, that that went on forever, and she's one of my favorite artists, and I'm still working with her. But now I'm having her come play on stuff that I'm producing. That's really it's cool. really, that's it's super cool. fun. And I guess that's like, that's kind of what a like. There seems to be a circle of musicians that are genuinely in it for the love of music, and and you can tell when you see them. And the fact that they just seem to work together really well and generate right. some of the coolest stuff you've ever heard, really. And I don't know, you see, you seem to be in that group. So. Well, I, lo- I love what I do. And I, when I get to work with an artist that my thing meshes with, that's, a, that's the best drug there is. Yeah. You know, and then and then we get some of that drug too, which is really cool. <laughs> you guys, you guys distribute it. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think of yourself as a dealer? <laughs> uh, I, well, if Matt, runs out, if Matt runs out and buys another guitar, then yes, I am. <laughs> he might. I don't think my wife would be very appreciative of that. Like, well, you tell her that you whisper that right after you say, I guess that it was a Rick and Bobby. <laughs> yeah. I was right. I was right. Under my breath, and I need a Rick and Backer. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of, you mentioned Amy Mann, like you have a history of getting to work with some really cool people. Like, um, I, I think I read Fiona Apple and Susanna Hoffs and did, did I read Salt and Peppa? Did you work with Salt you, and Peppa? Well, you read it. Okay. I don't. I don't remember it, but <laughs> I it. and I don't know why that would be, and I don't want you to make any assumptions either. Um, no, I have to. I have to go look because I do remember doing some crazy sessions, and sometimes you know you don't even know sometimes what you're really working on. That's cool, though. So, yeah, yeah. And, and that was the period when I was super busy. So that's great. I love that. I am not complaining. Right. Um, but I don't remember that. And I know that's on, it's all on my, uh, not my MDB, but you know, the all music or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It lives everybody. I think it's on a couple of different things. Yeah. All music, probably Wikipedia too. I'd have to go look and double check that, but Uh, I don't know if I'd go look at Wikipedia, but (laughs) (laughs) um, actually I'm kind of looking it up right now. And according to, Sorry, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, it looks like on the album Brand New by Salt and Peppa, you played guitar. I got, I'm going to go. That's my homework tonight. Yeah. Let's hey. go back to it. Let's find yeah. out. What yeah, it is. give us a call and let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Matt, I know it's three in the morning. Pick up your phone. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd probably be like, what? Why is he? 
Why is he calling now? Oh, okay. Salt and pepper. Like, you were right again. <laughs> um, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, lines and ghosts, man. Let's let's talk okay. a little bit about the band because that's you know we're here because there's some new stuff out for that. But uh, so what you joined back what what eighty four eighty five you guys you joined up with Rick and I that- think I think so. That sounds a, that sounds about right. I was playing in a top forty band and. Uh, I think it was like Christmas holiday and this uh, girl had come in who I'd known for years and she was with uh, Michael Murphy, the drummer of Lions and Ghosts. And they hung out for the evening and uh, at the end of the night, Michael started talking to me and he said, look, I'm, I'm in this band, this project, this is what we were doing, this is what we'd like to do and we're really looking for uh, another member. So uh, I think he got me a tape, maybe. I, I had heard some of the music before I went down there, I hope, and uh, played with them, and um, it clicked. And then that night they were like, do you want to do it? I was of course, yeah, I want to do this. This is really great. And at that time, the, the band was kind of, uh, you know, sort of post-punk. It was a little smidgen of a goth in there. But um, the songs that they had at that point were solid so i was i was in so i think it was 84 85 and they were together just a bit before i came into the picture yeah, it's pretty cool because you figure this is early 80s and like you just mentioned i mean the band kind of walked that fine line between rock but like you said a little goth which was kind of new-ish at the time like we weren't there the, the band had a very unique sound a little a little different yeah. um than, than I think what some other people were doing at the time. Can you like, yeah. like, can you guys kind of like describe the sound that the, the band was going for? Like, were there influences or was it, you know, was there just its own thing? Well, um, I think no matter what anybody says, there's always influences. Right. I don't, I, I can't, I don't just can't go down that line and say, <laughs> Oh, we just came up with this brand new sound. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, yes. Er- Early 80s was an interesting time period because you were sort of seeing, well, you were seeing the decline of, you know, heavy 70s sort of rock. And you were seeing punk bands and you were, you know, Blondie and Pretenders and all the New York scene. There was a lot of stuff happening. And there was disco and, and dance stuff. And there was a lot happening at the same time. And when you get to about 84, 85 in L.A. anyway, we had an interesting mix of stuff happening here because all these brand new hair metal bands, Poison, uh, Motley Crue, not not so new by probably 84, 85, Rat, uh, uh, there was a, a zillion great bands on the strip, at Guns N' Roses being one of them, you know. And at that time, there was still punk bands, new wave bands, and and us. And I, I still think about it. I feel like a lot of the reason why we didn't have more opportunity is because we were really hard to pigeonhole. Yeah, we, you know, we had rock moments. You, we had a little bit of the goth thing, although that was, I think, wearing off by the time we had made that first record. And um, I think the biggest influences for us were probably T-Rex, The Beatles, Big Star, 
you know, those, those were the, that's the kind of stuff we were listening to, plus all the stuff that was happening at the same time. If you think about it, there was that whole sort of big wave of British bands coming over, yeah, Simple right. Minds, Flesh for Lulu, Gene Loves Jezebel, uh, The Alarm, and we opened for all those bands. So The Church, I mean, uh, if some ba- new band came over that was doing well, we had the opportunity to open for them. We had a lot of opportunity as a band. I think because we didn't, it, we were quite popular in LA, but when we put our record out, we sold a ton of records, but it was all in Southern California. Then we started second guessing ourselves and we started looking to a different sound. That's why our, our two records are so different. I don't know if you've heard the, um, the second record. Was that uh, Wild Garden? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Can you tell us what it was like working on, on both of those albums? Like who was writing most of the music at the time? Well, uh, on the first record, what we had was um, people would bring in ideas to rehearsal. We spent a lot of time playing together. That was, that was our job. You know, we just spent a lot of time in the rehearsal room, working out songs and arrangements. Rick would bring in ideas. Um, All the lyrics are Rick. I mean, he is the big staple in all of that. But musically, there was a lot of thought put in to everyone's parts and arrangements and ideas uh, by all the guys. So the first record is really a lot of a real band. And we had had, we put together a list of producers that we thought would really sort of help us grow and and to put make the record that we had at least in our heads, right? So um, one of those guys was Tony Visconti, the guy that had worked with David Bowie on all those great records nice. and and the T Rex records, and he did Thin nice. Lizzy, and he did a lot of stuff in the seventies, and a lot of the records we really loved. And for whatever reason, uh, Tony was unavailable, or didn't wasn't really into the idea. I don't really know what the real answer is, there. but. Um, also on our list was uh, Pete Walsh or Peter Walsh, who had worked with Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. He'd worked with Gene Loves Jezebel. He'd made a lot of great sounding records with Simple Minds. And so um, after talking to a lot of people, we sort of connected with uh, Pete via phone. And he said, you know, guys, my wife is pregnant. I really can't leave London right now. Would you guys be into coming here and making the record? You know, and it took us about a half a second. And all of us were like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yep, we'll, we can get there. No problem. We'll do it. So um, he got involved. And oddly, he picked um, Tony Visconti's studio to record it. We saw Tony Visconti every day working in his studio. And about three quarters of the way through the record, Tony came in and said that he would love to do the string arrangements on our record. So we kind of got all wishes fulfilled on that first record. We got to work with this incredible producer who made a record that I still, I, you know, listening to it now, I feel like sonically the record holds up pretty damn well. It's not completely overblown eighties production. It's a good, clean, solid sounding record. And I think Tony's string arrangements I mean, for me personally, really sort of put it over the top and, and give it more of a sort of classic feel. So yeah, that was an incredible experience for us. That, you know, the day that we cut the strings and back then think about it, it, uh, you know, it wasn't like MIDI keyboard days where you could write out string parts and everybody yeah. sort of 
talked about it. Well, I don't like that part. I don't like that part. <laughs> we were sitting in the studio watching it go down live. It was way too late to yeah. say, oh, I don't like that part. But <laughs> like, let's change all of this. That's let's right. Go that's this direction. Exactly. <laughs> like, a little too late for that. <laughs> I, think, I think we were, I think they were cutting when the moon is full. And as it was going down, the way you work with strings is generally speaking, they do a past that's recorded, but not, but not. Nobody knows that it's recorded. And then there's the real pass. And as it was going down and the strings kicked in with the guitar solo, I just went, yeah, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I can go to heaven now. Yeah. I've heard it all. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a great experience. It was three months in London, in Soho, um, first time out of the country, like really young guy. And um, it was, it was life altering having that experience. So that was a great experience. Making the second record was a little less than great. So, not quite the same, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah. It was not. It was not quite the same. And there was a lot. I think, as I had mentioned earlier, because that first record didn't do what we thought it would, and we'd hoped for a little more. I don't know notoriety. Something we were looking for something that just didn't happen. So we started altering our sound and. Then we started altering who was in the band. So mm. it it's a hard it's a it's a hard thing. Um, you know, I know you guys play music, and if you've ever been in a band before, then you know it's like being married to three other people. <laughs> and, um, been in a band, <laughs> try getting kicked out of the band. <laughs> I've been there. I've, I've been there too, <laughs> and I've also been on the other side where I've had to fire people too. Oh. That's zero fun. Matt was the um, bass player. That tells you I was anything. the bass player. I'm, you know, we, we always cause the problems. It's always the uh, bass player. Late to practice. <laughs> I forgot my chords. Like, come on. Yeah. How about I forgot my bass? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've yeah. Uh, been around other bands that did that. I fortunately was not that guy. So, <laughs> well, I I will say this. Um, Velvet Kiss, Look at the Lime, has got some really catchy songs on it. I actually caught myself singing along to a. Uh, Love and kisses from the gutter on the way home from work. Oh, nice! I <laughs> so, love that. Yeah. That's a like, no one ever says that either. It a couple times, I'm like, so, yeah. I like that. Yeah. He's pulling yeah. out the deep cuts. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, how how much deeper can you get other than the Rick and Bacher twelve string? Oh, well, okay. Songs, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. yeah, this is the running thing. Now, <laughs> yeah, right? I'm gonna hear about this forever. <laughs> I'm good at what I do sometimes. <laughs> forever, I'm gonna. You you, you just should have lied yeah. to him. If I'd have known, I would have warned yeah. you ahead of time. Just told him. Told mm-hmm. just tell him no. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, nothing. He's a. Uh, yeah. It was I'll, a keyboard. Bring it up on, I it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we ran it all through a simulator. It was a pedal. That's, it was a, right. a plug-in through you know some kind of Pro Tools type situation. I, I downloaded it off the internet. And chopped it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so since we're talking about Velvet Kiss, like since we've already brought it up, can you kind of share some of the news about the album that's that's going on? Are we are we cleared to talk about it now? I think we are, right? What uh, what are we talking about exactly? Well, I guess we're okay to talk about maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and are you asking about the new single? Yeah, the the new singles and yes. um, am I mistaken? Was there not a re-release of the of the album? Is that, did I get that? Yes, wrong? there's a, there's a there is a remaster of the album plus bonus tracks. Right. So we got a bunch. Of, we got a couple B sides on, which were super fun. And then the funnest part is the '80s dance remixes that were done in the '80s. So I got four of those on there. Also, uh, 
Rick Parker and I got together and wrote a new song um, during the pandemic. So, like, what was what was the process? Like, what did you guys go through to to, to update the some of the sound and uh, remaster the sound? Like, what was that like for you guys? Well, you know, first of all, I think the process started where I was just listening to the vinyl, you know, in the house and just sort of remembering and rediscovering some of the moments in making that record. And I was wondering, you know, what what really needs to happen, like as far as remastering goes, because we're so fortunate the record was recorded really well and it was originally mastered by Bernie Grunman, who's a, a super famous mastering guy here in LA. I thought, honestly, after digging through and finding the uh, dance remixes and listening to the B-sides, all those things needed to be brought up to where they sort of sat together with the album. So that was the first process. And how have you guys, I mean, how's it been going since it was released? Are you finding uh, people are, are discovering you all over again? Are you getting old fans? Are you hearing from people? Yeah, you know, surprisingly, I heard from more people than I thought I would. That's cool. <laughs> and um, I, it's interesting because there are, there's still a lot of Southern California love and I get messages and um, people are starting to post some things on, oh, I made a Facebook page for Lions and Ghosts because, you know, Facebook's for older folks. <laughs> and um, no MySpacers though. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's been going well. There's been a lot of new subscriptions and a lot of the people I talk to, they're discovering it for the first time and they're people these are people that could have discovered it then, yeah. but I'm also talking to some younger folks. Uh, and when I say younger, I mean a lot younger and, um, that for them, it's not very eighties, which I find fascinating. Hmm. So it, it's kind of a strange, it's a strange trip for sure. And it's been really therapeutic on many levels for me to be able to do this. Cause I did it, I did it for everybody in the band because it was just seemed odd to me that you can hear anything you want on your phone or any device that you have, but you couldn't hear a couple of records that originally had come out on right. EMI. So it just made no yeah. sense. So I had to go down the rabbit hole and figure it out. So it's been a great process, one that I would gladly repeat. So we're talking about maybe next year. Uh, trying to do the same thing with Wild Garden. Oh, that's awesome. I actually have, yeah, that's I have another, I have a completely alternate version of the album, which I think would be interesting because it kind of bridges the gap between what the first record sounded like and the second record. You can hear, you can hear why the direction changed so abruptly. <laughs> that's actually really exciting. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping you do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I'll, I'll admit, I, I am, you know, a new, a new listener of you Great. guys. Um, and I was, I was telling Jay earlier that there's one specific friend of mine that I'm like, this guy's going to love this band. If he doesn't know them already, he's going to love this band. Oh, uh, so nice. I'll, I'll be reckoning, recommending you guys to my friend, John, John, if you're listening, this is coming your way. Hi, John. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he actually got me into a lot of the music that I, I currently listen to. I had never heard the psychedelic furs until I met this guy oh. and like he got me into the cure and the Smiths and things like that, which I, I kind of detect a little bit of that in, in a, 
Velvet Kiss a little bit. Um, I may be wrong on that. No, no, I'm hoping to keep my streak going on being right on things. Your streak is is 100%. I mean, uh, I have early, early demos of Lions and Ghosts, and they are much closer to the cure than they are to Lions and Ghosts. So, I mean, it's interesting. And I think that's another thing that I'd like to do is, I mean, I I have live stuff. I have actual live video footage. I mean, it's kind of fun to go back through some of the stuff. And I think that there is enough interest in it to, to get it out there. And, yeah. and why not? You know, I, I like it. I like to think that, you know, there's room for another Kate Bush experience to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I that, think this is a, a big thing, man. Yeah. And I think really this cool. is prime time for it. Like, I think the there's like a, a resurgence going on right now. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute it to the fact that there's a desire for good music right now. Uh, yeah, I you know I am a fan. I got to say this: I'm a fan of new modern music. I am too. I, and and I have two 14 year old girls, so that's you know that's what we listen to. But it's funny I get to turn them on to new stuff all the time, and the, you know I'm like, oh, did you know Harry Styles got a new thing coming out? Blah blah blah, and they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't know this. Yeah, it's it's what I do. I told, I said that earlier. I am a consumer, and I have yeah. a desire to learn. And I understand that some people aren't fans of newer pop music because it's overly compressed and it's really bright and it tons of low end. I love it all. I just love it. And if you want to stay relevant, and I still want to be relevant, I work with a lot of newer people, and I'm working on new stuff to put out now as a producer and a writer. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta get in there. You gotta dig around and find out what's happening. So I'm, I'm into a lot of it too. Um, I think my problem is I don't feel like there's as much of it. Like, I, I feel like we've got some really good artists, just not as many as we used to have. And I don't know if, if there's a reason for that or, and so that's why I say, like, I really like when we can introduce. So my kids, my kids grew up, uh, I, I, I test them. I quiz them all the time. I have a daughter that's 16 and a son that's okay. 18 and we'll be in the car and I'll play a song and I'll say, who is it? <laughs> and my daughter, my daughter knows if it's me, if she guesses one of like five bands, she's got a pretty good chance, but I'm getting to the, okay. uh, to the point now it's like, she'll go ELO. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like correct. Say, ELO talking heads, yep. queen, yep. the cars. Yep. The police. The, uh, <laughs> the police. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You got a pretty good shot if you holler one of those. Um, if she gets queen wrong, she gets in trouble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She usually gets kicked out of the car from what so, I hear. So, that said, who is one of your favorite new artists that's current and popular right now? Uh, new within like, uh, like the last like, mm. handful of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I will admit, like, uh, we're putting this out there, Matt. We're putting it out there so all our listeners get it. to hear. So I think I, I know what you're going to say. I enjoy the – well, you know one of them. I enjoy The weekend yeah. a lot just because um, there's there's a lot of that, like, 80s vibe to to, mm-hmm. to a lot of what he does. Um, I'm I'm one of the weirdos who really likes Post Malone, and I don't – That's exactly you know, what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, I like Post Malone a lot. Yeah. I, I think – you should like Post Malone. Yes. He writes, and he's, he writes, he's on my he list writes too. really good music. Yes, he does. Yeah. He's, a great, he's a great writer. If you strip away production and instrumentation and you just listen to the core song, he he can write a 
beautiful you. sort of yeah. 60s Brazilian love song yes. or, yes. you know, or he can write a rock. You know, you've heard him do his rock stuff. He's a guitar player. I mean, yeah. he's, he is truly a great artist. He's in the venue of now. And that venue has lots of urban elements in it. Right. And um, that's, that's what's happening. And he's able to, you know, dance around that. The weekend also, the production of the weekend records is so great. And yeah, there's all kinds of luscious, great 80s cents. Yes. But what's, what's smart about, I think the weekend and, and we're talking, we're talking about two of the biggest of right now too. We're talking about sure, yeah. and the weekend, both really sort of cream of the crop artists. Well, they write, they both write great songs they also enlist great people to help them make yes. their records like the old artists used to do. And they're smart enough to know that it's important to capture the listener on every level. And if that means writing a great intro on one of those great synths that has a great melody, every part of either one of those guys' songs are hooky and catchy and they really they figured out the game yeah i think maybe to your point jason you don't feel like there's as much as there was it could be because there's just a glut there is actually so much out there that it's it could be looking at the lawn and there's all these weeds and you don't see the beautiful bermuda grass it's like it takes a lot to get to a great artist or a great song it requires a lot of work and a lot of time. And let's face it, you know, you're raising kids and yep. you have a job and you're doing podcast. It's not, it's not like going to the record store when you were younger and going to what was called the in cap, right? For the people that used <laughs> to work in record stores. And you would see, it would say, you know, remember when new releases were uh, Monday or Tuesday? Oh, hell yeah. Was, yeah. And you'd go to the record store and guess what? There was like five new albums, four new albums. <laughs> you you'd look at it and you'd go, this looks cool. I, I can't click on it to hear it, but I'm going to go ahead and spend my money that I got from mowing the lawn on this record. You know? Well, we also so, live in, we also live in the, in the world of, I, I know to a degree, this has always sort of existed kind of, but we're like in a, the world of singles now, right? Cause it's all sure. digital. So before, if you liked a band, you bought the album or you picked up the album or it, it, it maybe your friend, you know, recorded you a, a copy of the cassette, but you listened right. to the whole album. That's the way it was because you couldn't go digitally download one song. It didn't work that way. And so don't. Yeah. I think you learn to, to appreciate the entire band like more often. Yeah. And, right. And, and, and like Matt pulled the, uh, the deep cut there off velvet kiss, you know, it's that wouldn't happen now. Well, it doesn't, you know, watching my kids uh, consume music or even my wife, my wife doesn't even listen to albums, really. She listens to singles because she's a bit younger than me. <laughs> and it's not the same experience. I mean, also, things aren't built on an album basis no. as much anymore. Now, we spoke about The weekend, and I think The weekend does make an album, I agree. Right? Yeah. right? And I think Post Malone does, too, to, to some extent, not quite as much as The weekend because – is the weekend's new album called Dawn FM? Is that right? That's, I think I believe maybe you're right, sound yeah. right. I'm looking it up right now. I appreciate you. <laughs> that's um, what he does. <laughs> yeah, but, you know that's almost a concept record, and it really plays well from start to finish. And so you get to enjoy songs that you normally wouldn't. 
And I think singles for all of us were, those were the gateway drug to an album. Yes. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. Oh, well, I love that song. So you want more of that. So you go buy the record. And some bands are clearly just singles bands yes. now completely. Yeah. There's a band, uh, do you know the band AJR? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know that they have an album. I haven't really seen an album. All I see is singles all the time. Those guys are always putting out singles. Yeah. But the boy, they they work hard. They know how to craft a song, you know? Yeah. When I can't get some of that stuff out of my head. So yeah. And I mean I guess <laughs> that's just, you know uh, that song is just endlessly catchy to me. It's the way it goes. I mean, they're yeah. changing with the times, right? I mean, that's just that's the way that the, the mentality that's what of the youth. Kids do. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's what the kids do. It's just the way it is. <laughs> and and yes, that and it's, what, uh, and it's what we did too, right? That's sure. what we did when we were kids. Sure. But I do miss, like you said, the concept album. I, I miss the idea of having an album that, that almost tells the story and the music all the way through. And I guess it's because early right. days, you know, Pet Sounds and Sgt. Peppers, and these were the albums that I started off listening to, as a, you know, from the time I was born on. So I guess I, I you know, I, I grew up in a house where my mom was, was, was all about, uh, you know, uh, the Beatles and uh, there was a lot of like Elton John and Simon and Garfunkel. My stepdad was all about Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. And, and my dad was all about, you know, three dog night. So it was coming at me from all angles. God, you got a good dose of all kinds. I, of I really stuff. did. Yeah. And then being a, a, a young in the, in the eighties and nineties, of course I had my own music that I was listening to in those eras. So I do feel very privileged when it comes to music. I'm not going to lie. I, I experienced it from my my parents were often in um, like classic rock bands, so I was I was around wow. it all the time. We'd go out to gigs with them all the time. So I, I feel it's, pretty. It, it, it's probably a golden era. I mean, you know, I enjoy I enjoy music from the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, sure. the 50s. When you start getting into music from the later 60s on, I feel like it's in some respect, a lot richer and a lot deeper, but it's also, that was at a time in my life where it was the soundtrack to my life. So, yeah. you know, we, we were trained, not trained, but we were, you know, it's when you grow up listening to pet sounds or uh, Sergeant Pepper's or Pink Floyd's the wall or, you know, all these things that's just becomes part of who we are. Yeah. And so, yeah. When the when someone like the weekend releases a record and it sort of has this whole continuity and glue to it, it resonates with me still. I'm trying to get my kids to understand that concept. Yeah, but you know, they're from the era of I put my finger on this glass front and I push a button and it, everything <laughs> happens. I can watch a movie. I can read something. I can hear a song by a gazillion artists. You know, so that's. That's the way that it is now. Who knows? I, I do realize that vinyl has made a massive comeback and even my kids can appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that maybe that brings the the idea of an album back to us. I hope I so. I hope so. I think they you know, it's the same with with movies. I remember going in on a weekend to the video store and just perusing the shelves for an hour till I picked something and now it's everything's at my fingertips and I can never pick a movie. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's the way right it goes. There with you. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I can't do it. It's the way it's kind of the way it goes. God, we could honest to God, you're fantastic. We could talk to you all night. Uh, yeah. just about music. Oh, it didn't like, like it's fascinating. Um, uh, I, this is kind of fun for me getting to vamp about music, but we do have a weird question that Matt likes oh, to yes. ask everyone. 
Okay. There, there might be there might be a follow up to this weird question as well because because something else got mentioned. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there's no pressure. If the, if the answer to this question is no, and, and the streak has already been broken, just we'll we'll just call that out. Okay. Have you ever had any experience with Weird Al? And if so, could you tell us a story? No. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Follow-up question. <laughs> hey, like I said, the streak has been broken. We've we've had a couple uh, naturally came. I, up. I don't. I, I wish that I did. I wish I could have flown right in there with something, but I oh, got no. I got not on that one. Have you ever had any experience with David Byrne from the Talking Heads? <sighs> no. Oh no, that's a lie. That's Uh-oh. a lie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. But we're gonna have to. But what we have to do is, it's a stretch. <laughs> hey, we've we've had some very strange stretches on here. So. Okay, so yeah. I've never met David Byrne, but I ended up making some records with Jerry Harrison. Okay, okay. So I figure he's rubbed elbows with David Byrne, so maybe I could say yes. I've had some experience with him. That's is kind that of along the lines of uh, uh, Dennis from Smithereens. Yeah. Recorded recorded on an album or a, a tribute album for Dr. Demento doing uh-huh. uh, Beat on the Brat by the Ramones with right. Weird Al singing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that was a good one. Yeah. That but I, a, I don't think he like did he have, but he never actually got to meet him right in person. He no, just, he, <laughs> so he, was, he did a session thing. And and but yeah, that's that was his connection. So the, he said he was the. Only other person to play, or one of the few other people to play drums for Weird Al, other than John Bermuda Schwartz. Yeah, so it, it's become a weird thing on this show where, like, we started noticing people had these bizarre connections to cert- to like yeah, I, three I three people keep getting brought up: Weird Al, David yeah. Byrne, and oddly enough, Tracy Lords <laughs> seems to be getting brought up a lot. And all these people have Got a Tracy Lords story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, now that you bring it up, no, um, <laughs> I do, I do have a, a funny blue story, but it's not really related to Tracy Lords, and and uh, we haven't gone down the movie part of the interview, so we've been staying with music. So I, I don't, I don't, I never met Tracy Lords, but I've met people like Tracy Lords, and I'll leave it. I'll like that. Okay. <laughs> we'll Fair take enough. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like I said, it's just been a really weird thing. These guys yeah. just seem to pop up. And when I say pop up, apparently David Byrne just magically appears sometimes yeah. and people aren't expecting oh, it. David Byrne <laughs> has a, a portal he's able to travel through dimensions in, ta- in time and space and <laughs> shows up next you need to, to sign you. You need to create an account and just have him sign on to every one of your uh, podcasts. There. That would be hey, awesome. <laughs> we would love, like we're, we're trying to like manifest it of like getting both weird Al and David Byrne to somehow <laughs> become aware of this show and come on and, and talk for hours on end. Oh my uh, God. It honestly just started naturally and just kind of, yeah. you know, it really did. Actually, well, I Stephen let, Tobolowski. I, I let you both out on that one. I apologize. Nah, no, hey, no. hey, not a problem at uh, all. I do have one so, more question for you. That's a little, put on your vision board. A little off kilter, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Uh, we okay. noticed, you know, like I said, we do our research, man, and we were we were on the gallery going through some of your your shots. Uh, you have some excellent hats, sir. Yes, <laughs> I, I have a couple good, uh, very good hats. In fact, I 
if you have access to Insta mm-hmm. we right do. now and you look, if you look at Michael Lockwood, the musician, and you look back seven posts ago, you will see one of, oh, the, nice. <laughs> one of the tallest top hats yeah. a, man, a man could have. And one of the widest ties as well. <laughs> yeah. It's a great so, picture, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. So, yeah, today's been one week. I got married last Monday. Oh, well, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. So, it's my I guess it's my seven-day anniversary, right? There you go. Yeah. Uh, I got I got married back in, uh, I guess it was Mark now. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, it's my second, and we uh, bonded over music. So <laughs> I think that that's probably it's, a good sign. So. It's my it's my second, and we bonded over music. See, yeah. there you go. That's see how that works. It works really well, actually. So it's a yeah. uh, it's it is the first thing we realized, like when we when we sort of met, that it was it was a uh, music that we we were talking about, and I was like, this girl likes some cool bands. I think uh, I might ask her out. <laughs> so there you go. It's a good that's, foundation. It's a good foundation. It same, same thing for us. It was that Mexican food. She likes that too. To there you go. Hey, wait really a second. Cool. Who are you married to? Uh, your, your wife's name isn't Melissa, is it? <laughs> no. That'd be crazy. It like, would be a little weird. Hang on. The connections are very strange here. <laughs> I think Matt would agree. Uh, and honestly, if we, if you, if we could have you back on the show sometime, we would love yeah. to. Um, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Cause yeah. we've just talking music with you has been fantastic. Just fantastic. We just, yeah. scratched, we just scratched the surface. Uh, yes, we? we did. Uh, <laughs> before we let you go though, uh, do you want to take a moment, let the listeners know where they can find the album, where they can find out more information about you, social media, where they can follow you, things along those lines. Sure. I um, probably should write this down somewhere and just spit it out <laughs> as fast as I can. But, uh, okay, a little shameless self-promotion. Uh, you can find me on Insta, Michael Lockwood, the musician. Um, there is a website for Lions and Ghosts, and there is a Facebook page for Lions and Ghosts. Um, I have a new label called Sparkle Plenty. That's what that release came on. And next plug is we have an album coming out by a band called Bird Streets on November 4th. And everyone should go listen to that. It's one of, it's one of my favorite records I've heard in years. And there's so many great musicians on it and a whole ton of different producers. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's really great. So look for that on one of those social pages that I just said. And we had talked about uh, a couple of times here. Uh, he has his own website, which is just michaellockwood.com. Got a great gallery over there. And some of your other, some of the work, some of your music is up there and uh, stuff you've worked on. So people should go check that out as well. See, thank, thank you for that. You're welcome, sir. Uh, <laughs> we'll be putting links in the show notes for all this. We will too, put links so. in the show and, notes. Uh, so Matt likes to we, say that because he knows I'm the one yes. who writes the show notes. And then I have to put the links in them if he says <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, I just like like I just did. I just uh, followed you and the band both on Instagram right now from our uh, our account, and we'll be whenever we put this out, we'll be tagging in some things. Awesome! I'll look forward to them. And oh, I just saw. Look at that! Technology's working now that we know Command R. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. (laughs) Thanks, Command R. Yeah, you know, maybe that's your new band name, Command R. It's not bad. Command R. (laughs) I like it. 
but it's pronounced hard refresh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's what I'm going to do it. tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, man, this has been fun. Like a really good right, time. Right. We, we, uh, we always enjoy our interviews, but every once in a while you get to talk to somebody that's just a little more fun than everybody else. And, uh, I, I had a blast. Uh, seriously though, I'll, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch. I'd love to have you back on sometime just to, just yeah, to talk yeah, music, yeah, yeah. you know, it'd be great. Send me, so. send me a message. Say hello. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Have a great night. Okay. You too. You too. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Aw, snap. We have a sponsor. I want to be clear. This is a cool sponsor, and you should, you really should just go check them out. Like, legit. BustedTees.com. They have a huge selection of geeky hats, t-shirts, stickers, and socks. Themes from Star Wars and Star Trek to Harry Potter, Pac-Man, Back to the Future, other video game references, just all kinds of geeky, cool culture. You're definitely going to find something there that speaks to your inner geek. Here's the deal. At checkout, you're going to see a spot to enter a code. Type in my name, that's Jason, followed by the number 25945. That's Jason25945. You get a pretty sweet discount. There's a link over on the website or head over to bustedtees.com and enter Jason25945 at checkout. Bustedtees.com. Designs that pop culture. All right. So there you go. There was our interview with Michael Lockwood. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. As we said, Michael was a great dude. A lot of fun. Please go over and check him out. I know, I believe we gave his uh, websites on there where you can go um, check out all the news uh, about the re-release of the album and some of the new tracks they've cut and uh, just everything that Michael's up to. Uh, We really appreciated talking to him and having him here on the show. As is always the case, our guests have been great, man. Honestly, we still have not run into that one yet. So you, <laughs> I'm, it's going to end up being Weird Al. <laughs> oh, God. I hope not. He comes on, he's like, fuck you guys. I'm like, no, stop talking about me. You keep, no, I would, tagging me and things. I, I would, he's like, why do you guys keep talking about me on your show? I would cry if... It, Actually, I've heard him on interviews and shit. He's he's really really cool. So, yeah. but we uh, we keep circling around the Weird Al, and that now the Weird Al, David Byrne, Tracy Lords seem, seem yeah, to be the, the three trifecta, that the Holy Trinity that yep. everybody knows. It's very weird. Yeah. But, you know, I have would, a feeling we're gonna get Daniel Radcliffe on the show before we get Weird Al. You know what? Like, when you when you order Weird Al on Wish, you know what's gonna happen we though. Daniel we Radcliffe. get Weird Al on the show, and then we ask him. Well, we know he you has a Tracy Lords story, oh, shit. But, but you know he's probably <laughs> got. You met Tracy Lords and David Byrne in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's met both. Yes. I guarantee he's met both of them. So yeah, you know, guaranteed. I cool. hope. Because and then you slowly ask yourself, "This is not my beautiful house, and this is not my beautiful wife." Oh, Wait, has Weird Al ever done a Talking Heads parody? I don't think so. Oh, that would be a good one. I want to hear that. <clears throat> I don't no. think so. No, probably or just a cover. You probably didn't get permission. Once in a lifetime, that'd be great. That would be awesome. I, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't know if David Byrne would give permission or not. It's it's hard to say. I I feel like he would. Well, I mean, Coolio kind of did, but kind of didn't. So. Well, Coolio's uh, record company did. Uh, like, they did. So, But Coolio was not aware, and and Al was not aware that Coolio did not know. And Coolio uh, was not yeah. aware that Al got permission. 
And so he thought Al was just being disrespectful, and Al didn't know that Coolio was mad. And I mean, they're, I mean, they actually ended up becoming friends over time. So Ooh, I, I want to hear Weird Al doing Psycho Killer. That would be yeah, interesting. That would be funny. Would I be think funny. Weird Al doing any David Byrne related audio. Or any song for that matter. Yeah. It's hard, yeah. though, when you think about it, because if you talk... Road to Nowhere would be perfect. Right, but Talking Heads lyrics are already kind of parodies It's of life. Yeah. It's very weird, so it could be kind hey. of meta. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay, let's throw this up on the vision board. Weird Al performing David Byrne's classic hits. I would, I would pay Kevin money to go to that Kevin on Slide concert. Whistle. <laughs> slide Whistle number two, apparently. He's like, oh, oh, oh I don't have it. Damn it. <laughs> He got okay. my back. My back he, slide he wrecked the first one. <laughs> yeah, I tried to glue it together. What happened? He right stepped anymore. on it. Yeah, he, I stepped on one of my slides. And then whistles. he's like on the show. He's like, it "Let me, me pull out my backup." We're like, "What?" <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't have fungus growing in it. Mm, I like the yeah. fact that. Okay, so basically, what you're saying is, you broke it. Went, oh damn, I don't have another slide whistle, and then went out and made a second slide whistle purchase. To put it no, in your I already I already had like two slide whistles. He'd already purchased another one. Yeah. Uh, no? no, I had like uh, well, Jay bought me the first one, and then I bought a backup one just As in he's case. He's gotten better. He's upgraded the slide whistle. Better. You know. <laughs> like we come in next, he's got like a golden slide whistle with like encrusted diamonds on it and mm. shit. I'm still waiting on those songs done by slide whistle. Yeah, we need a whole album. We can release it yeah. at Christmas. Kevin performs the hits of Michael McDonald. All right, nobody say anything. Gangster's Paradise. No, I think this is a broken one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it gets stuck on certain notes. <laughs> Wait, what? Stuck on certain. Does anybody know? Have a clue what song that was? No. Yeah, none. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking Gangster Paradise, but you see, the trick is, I didn't know what song that was. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Oh, never let them know what your next move is. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> knife yourself. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and close this episode out. I, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening through whatever that was, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please go over. And check hey. out uh, Michael and Lions and Ghosts. Uh, I, if you if you haven't listened to them, if you don't know who they are, if you are a fan of that kind of uh, '80s gothic punk sort of sound, you're you're gonna enjoy the hell out of them. So please go have a listen. Uh, follow them online. Obviously, follow us online. We really appreciate it. Uh, that's all we got this time around. Uh, the entire. Uh, Outro song is going to be Kevin on Slide Whistle. So yeah. enjoy this lovely 17 min- minute rendition of Anagata DeVita, and we will talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he even knows how to play it. All right. Actually, I think I did hear something. Now, now play Smoke on the Water. No. All right, guys. (laughs) Hey, until next we speak here on the Mixed Day Podcast, remember to always stay awesome.
Yeah. 